on him tonight. And Father, we ask that you will open up our ears tonight that we might hear somebody's going through something tonight and they can't see their way out. They need a sign tonight. They need a signpost tonight, God. Let Jermaine West be the signpost tonight. Let your garment of anointing rest on him. I can see grandmother crying right now because she's seeing her prayers answered. So, Father, as she's behind him and I'm in front of him, keep that music going. In the name of Jesus, we sandwich him together with your love, mercy, and peace that's circling around him, Father. Oh, God, this is awesome because you're raising up another minister to minister the gospel. There's not enough preachers on the earth. So, Father, we thank you. I want everybody to stand up right now. We thank you right now, God, as we release Jermaine West as an MIT tonight. Let's give a shout and a hearty clap as Jermaine comes to minister the word of the Lord. Come on, you can give it up, not for Jermaine West, but for the great and mighty God we serve. Come on, come on, come on. Back in the day, we would be in the club and we would be going for it, but this is for the king. This is not for me. Give it up to our great and mighty God. Once he's breathed on us, then we can recognize how great and mighty he actually is. So I just ask everyone, while you're standing, just stay there. Just stay in that spirit. Keep that spirit flowing. I just want to say, bring that down just a little bit. Just a little bit. Bring it down. While you stand right here, let me just say, Father, I ask that you just allow me to open up the hearts of people that are here. That I will be able to plant the seed that you want me to plant. Not what I want to plant, Lord. But that great and mighty message that you have for your people, Lord. I ask this in your son Jesus' name. And you can all be seated. Thank you so very much. It is an honor to be able to... Come, come before God's people. And it is a bit of a nervousness on my spirit because I'm coming before God's people and they are open. They're open right now. I know uh, if you've never been to our ministry here at 904 Thomas Avenue, you may have thought that you were at East Main in Ohio at JP's because you thought you smelled barbecue when you rolled in. And that's the, that's the flesh that's dying, Amen. that's being cooked away. Amen. But yet, we're, we have a JP's going on, but it's Jesus' purpose. I just want everyone to understand tonight that as I stand before you, I stand before you as one of God's ministers, a minister of Jesus Christ. But before I move forward into what I have for you tonight, I want to be sure that I pay homage to those that are here. First and f foremost, I have to give it 
praise and honor to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for, for without whom this would not be possible. Second, I have to give a hearty thank you to the apostle and to the pastor of this house, Juan and Vernice Woods. Again, I've said it before and I'll say it again every time because it does not change. I am blessed to be parented in the spirit by family. I don't just mean family in the church and in the sense of the body of Christ, but family. That's what makes it that much more touching. I, to my TCC family, I want to say thank you. Thank you so very much. My fellow ministers in training that are here tonight, and to my grandmother again, I thank you for being here. Thank you for praying for me. I'm going to continue to make sure that every one of those prayers and every one of those tears you shed will continue to bless you. Amen. To my Aunt Joni, here again. Again, I told you once before and I'll say it again. I have not yet begun to make you as proud as I promised I would. Amen. To my family and the friends that have come out tonight. The last time I spoke, I forgot someone. But it wasn't because I forgot that person, but it was because that person generally tries to shy away when I'm speaking. But I want to give special thanks to my son who's scooting, who's scooting down right now. But he doesn't yet see that this is for you. This is, this is what God has, has, has me to do for you to lay the groundwork so you can follow behind. But I want you to know, son, I love you and you mean the world to me. So, I, I, I know he's embarrassed now. He always tells me, Dad, you're always embarrassing me. It's, it's well served. Let me, let me give you the title of my message tonight. It's Raised for God's Purpose. Raised for God's Purpose. The last time I was before you, this is basically a continuation of where we were before. I was dying for a reason. And many could understand what that was all about. We discovered in that message who we were. Because see, we had to know who we were before we could die. We confirmed, we confirmed the death by making that choice and dying. And then we came to the knowledge the reason for why we were dying. Well, now the real journey begins. It's time for us to arise and actually live out God's intended purpose for us. You notice that I made the point that I said God's intended purpose for us. Not the purpose we have for ourselves, but once we've made that cho choice to come to Christ, we have to live out his purpose in our life. So once we're raised with God's purpose, then we have a critical decision to make. Now we can do one of two things. We can either retreat from our purpose. Many of us have come to the Lord and said, whoa, that's a little too hard for me. And they start backslide, backsliding, backing up, moonwalking, whatever you want to call it. But they start to retreat from the purpose that God has for them. But then we, or we can make the second decision, which is the most important decision, and that's we can walk into our purpose. But before we do that, we have to understand that there's going to be a cost for that. 
There's definitely going to be a cost for that. You're going to have to give up something to be able to take that walk. You're going to have to put some things to the side to be able to walk into that purpose. Now, no one said the road would be easy. And no one said it was going to be not a bumpy road. But when you make that decision, it's a decision that you have to stick with. See, we, we have a saying in, in the business world, if you stick and stay, you'll get your pay. Well, I truly believe that the same is even more so true with the, with the kingdom. If you stick and stay, you'll definitely get your pay. And it's someone who always pays his debts. So let's move into it. The first scripture that I want everyone to, uh, to grab and, and put your finger there when you're there, say amen. It's a scripture that we're all familiar with, Romans 8 and 10. See, now the challenge, we all are facing a challenge right now in the body of Christ. There's a lot going on right now. Seems like we're coming under attack each and every day. Finances, as Pastor said earlier. A lot of people are being attacked on their their jobs, in their careers, in their business. And more so, people are being attacked, whether you're married or whether you're single, you're being attacked in your personal life. But see, there's a reason why you're being attacked. Because you're beginning to live out God's purpose. I told you it was going to come with a price. So we go to Romans 8 and 10, and it says, We know that all things work together for the good, I'm sorry, pardon me, for to the good, to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Now, did it say called according to your purpose, our purpose? No, it said we are called according to God's purpose. And I I like the living translation of that, the New Living Translation. It says, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. What is your purpose? I pose that to each and every one. Now, when we talk about purpose, you have to understand what purpose means. And the dictionary definition of purpose says that purpose, the reason for which something Exist or is done, made, or used. See, there's an important point there when it says used. Each and us, each and every one of us are made to be used for God's glory. Not for our own, not for our own personal accomplishments, not for our own personal goals, but for God's glory. And number two, it says, another definition says, An intended or desired result, end, aim, or goal. See, the purpose of God that is on each and every one of our lives is something that we have to get to. See, God already knew what we were going to be. But the thing is, we have to line up with where he wants to take us. And we have to willingly go there. Now, other words that that are synonymous with with purpose or ambition, aspiration, 
design, desire, destination. Remember, I told you you're going somewhere. Direction, expectation, function, hope, mission, and premeditation. Sorry, premeditation. I want to, I want to, one, two of those words in that, that, that the word purpose has meaning for was hope. See, the Bible tells us in Hebrews 11 and 1 that now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. See, it's the evidence of those that we have, we can't see where God wants to take us, but we have to let him guide us there and direct us there. Now, the Amplified says it even better. It says, now faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed. See, when you have a deed to something, you know, have some people in the room that understand that, have, have a home or, or have a car. When you have the deed, who does it belong to? It belongs to you. Of the things we hope for, being the proof of things that we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Faith perce- perceiving as real fact that is not revealed to the senses. I want to stop there for a second. I want to kind of hover there because, see, what we can't see, feel, hear, and touch, for the most part, we don't believe it to be true. See, we, we're not coming here every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning during this seven-day this seven fast just because we know that if we get on this altar, we get on our face and, and start eating carpet and trust and believe it's an acquired taste. That once we do that, we don't know for sure because of something we see, hear, taste, and touch, but it's our faith in that which we will see, hear, taste, and touch is what we have our hope in. Because see, if we could see it ahead of time, would we even care about sacrificing anything? Would we even sacrifice anything is the question. Most of the time people would have to say, no, I wouldn't. But then we talk about the other word there was premeditation. Now see, premeditation, we've heard that word in many different arenas, but When I saw it, it really touched my spirit because it said sufficient forethought to impute or to attribute deliberation and intent. See, we have to have a premeditated view of how we're going to serve God and serve out his purpose. It has to be premeditated. We have to know that we know that we know that we're going to at least do it. We're going to be like Nike, just do it. And then once we do it, we have to let, leave the results up to him. The scripture that really touched me on that, it comes, I, I had the King James Version. I always like to refer to the King James Version and then allow for the other versions to kind of bring it home. But in the King James Version, let's, let's go to Ephesians 1 and 11. And it says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Being predestinated, that means it was known before even us, according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. My God. 
But when you take that to the amplified version, it kind of brings it on home. And it says, in whom we also were made God's heritage or his portion. And we obtained an inheritance for we had been foreordained, chosen and appointed beforehand. So whatever it is that's your purpose, it's been chosen and appointed to fit you. Pastor always says that we've been, we have been pre-downloaded for what we're to do. And that which gives us the most joy generally is what is downloaded in us to do. And it finishes out and says, who works out everything, not just some things, everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his own will. Not our will be done, but his will be done. I look back and we look at that in that scripture and we talk about inheritance. And we have to understand what an inheritance actually is. The last time I was before you, I talked about dying. Let's, let's, be, let's be real here. We're not talking about physical death. We are talking about spiritual death. Because we're, we're not a bunch of cats running around here. We don't have nine lives. But see, we cannot receive an inheritance without death having taken place. And since we have already made the choice to die, and we are now raised for God's purpose, we now have a revelation and then an acceptance of God's purpose in our life. And now the question is, how many of us, once we know our purpose, because some of our purposes are extremely great. Some of our purposes are going to cause us to speak and minister to millions. Some of our purpose is going to allow us to be able to financially set free many, many people. But the question is, once you know your purpose, what will you do with it? But an even better question once we get our purpose all over us like a nice outfit, can we walk past the mirror and not get stuck? Can we, can we see our purpose and still let it remain the purpose that God had intended for us? And not take it on as a mantle to ourselves and an idol to ourselves and become idolaters of ourself. Because there's many people that are called. And there are many people that have been called that they begin to see God working in their life. And when God starts to work in their life, because that's their purpose, they begin to start to look at themselves saying, I'm doing this. People are getting saved. People are getting delivered, whether it be financially or spiritually. I did this. And the worst thing, the worst thing we could ever as Christians want to have happen to us is God remove that from us. And show us how small we really are in the scheme of things. Let me move forward. Let me give you a few biblical examples. Just, just kind of guiding along here and walking, walking along. And as we walk along, I, just, I, I like to be very, very thorough. But yet I like to give you understanding from a human perspective and from a biblical perspective. I'm not changing the scriptures, but I'm putting human attributes to what we know men and women do. 
So we have Moses as one example. Moses was rescued from death as an infant. Then he was raised as an Egyptian. He had the education. He had the knowledge. He had the eloquent speech of being raised as an Egyptian. He gets a glimpse of who God intends him to be. He walked past the mirror. Ooh, like what I see. Kicking in with Pharaoh. Got a little power. I like this. But you're not actually an Egyptian. Uh-oh, dun-da-da-da, Moses to the rescue. Moses kills the Egyptian. And then once he kills the Egyptian, he, flee, he's, he has to flee, and then he begins his wilderness experience. Anyone out there right now with all this going on in our economy, all this going on with just the world itself going through their wilderness experience right now? See, he had to go to the wilderness to have all of Egypt stripped away from him. All of that he had gained, God said, I don't need that. I need you. How many people here tonight is God saying, I need you? I don't need what you think you should have. I don't need what you think you're good at. I need you. And once he stripped it away, he got the revelation of God's purpose. And what that led to was him, through God being upon him, leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. But see, we have to go back and understand just slightly and understand that when he had his purpose or what he thought his purpose was, he was full of himself. God said, I don't need that. And it was stripped away. Then the most profound example of God's purpose in a human being is Jesus Christ. We all know the story, born of a, a virgin mother. We all know that he, he started preaching and prophesying at a very young age, was telling the people and that that were at the time the scholars what you know, just teaching truth. But see, God's purpose in him was for him to take on all the sin of the world. All the sin. Now I'm not liking, likening any of us to Jesus, but the question I have for each and every one of you, if that was to be your purpose, here's where the human side comes in. We can be spiritual all day long. But God says to you, okay, Jermaine, I need you to be able to take on everything and without a word, deal with it. God had, Jesus had a human side. Because in the garden, he was like, and let, let's bring it up to 2,000. Hold up, Lord. Hold up. I know, you, I know you're my daddy and all. I know you've been having me do all these things. And I knew we were going to come to this point at some point and some time. But you want me to do what? And how do you want me to do it? Quietly? Without uttering a word? Whew. And he did what many of us would do. Hey, uh, is there any way that I can uh, kind of slide out of this? 
Because if I could, can, I definitely want to. Can I call a few legions down to help me and, you know, we can work this thing out another way? And the father said, nope. He was like, man, if this is my purpose and this is what my daddy wants me to do, I guess I got to do it. Woo-hoo. There's a many of us that we'd be in trouble right now if that was left up to us. But we thank God for his son, for his obedience to his purpose. Not what he wanted to do. Not his will be done, but the father's will be done. So now we transition and now it's time for the manifestation of God's purpose in each and every one of our lives. Well, the last time I was before you, I told you that you were going to die in three areas. Well, your purpose is going to be manifest in those same three areas. Number one, at home. Boy, oh boy, it's, it, it, it's hard to work out what God has for you or to walk out what God has for you in your purpose around the people that know you best. Because, see, they know every flaw. They knew you when you was Pookie, Ray Ray, Skillet, Bubba, whomever, Junior. But you're supposed to minister to many. That's why, you know, I I think the scripture said a prophet is without honor in his own home, town. Because they know you too well. So since they know you, your purpose, what what God has intended for you, you have to walk that thing out much harder. There's more that is expected of you because those are the ones that you have to show. You can't tell them. You have to show them what God's purpose in you is. But it's not by word or by deed. It's by just letting God's light shine in each and every one of us. Then we move to the second area, job, career, or business. And anyone who knows me, and pastor, please forgive me, but I got to go with the spirit on this one. But anyone who knows me knows that God has put it on me to be a free spirit especially when it comes to employment. See, I look at job as just over broke. Every, every dollar we make goes just on bills, and we're still frustrated, angry, and upset. But see, the question I have for each and every one of you is do we mortgage our purpose for a paycheck? If your purpose is to walk out there and do God's will, His purpose for your life, Are we going to do that and continue to do that for that paycheck? Now, I know people are sitting back here. I feel it. I feel it. It's coming this way. I feel people like, oh, now he's just talking out himself. No, 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 no. I would never use this as a platform to speak for myself. But I'm telling you that God has something greater for you. See, we serve an awesome God. A mighty God. We don't serve a mediocre God. We don't serve a God that has limitations. 
I ask, you know, in doing the things that I do, always ask the question, why do people settle for mediocrity so much? And the question and the answer came to me is they settle for mediocrity because it consistently pays. It pays consistently. If I can keep you in one place, come on, that's got to be of the devil. If I can keep you in one place, not allow you to move nowhere else. And cause you to have to make a decision as to whether I will serve my God or not. It has to be of the devil. Mediocrity. We serve an excellent God. Pastor is always talking about do everything that we do with the spirit of excellence. Well, the spirit of excellence is freedom. See, if it would have been, mediocrity would have been okay. He would have just told Moses to preach to him in Egypt. Leave him there. If mediocrity was okay. But see, when I use the word mortgage, I chose that word on purpose because mortgage, the root word in Latin comes from mortus, which means death. And loosely interpreted, a mortgage is to be in debt until you die. How many people want to mortgage their purpose against what God has for us? I don't think too many people want to do that. But then after we leave the job in the business arena, when it talks to our purpose, we come to the last area where we've died once, but now we have to walk in God's purpose, and that's in the church. Constantly tested. In our pursuit of walking out God's purpose for us. See, Pastor, when we, when we did the making of, uh, I'm sorry, when he taught us in our ministerial training class, he gave us a phenomenal book. And he said that we will always pull from that book and we will always use it as a resource. And that's the making of a leader. And he's, he, he never told an untruth. I go back to that book every time I'm going through something. And as I spoke to you before, I said, everybody right now in the body of Christ is going through something. And I said, Lord, what are they going through? What is the one out of all the tests? What are the what is the main one? Now, there's many tests out there. We have the patience test, the motivation test, the time test. But it just kept coming back to the wilderness test. See, I, I, I don't know if I'm talking to any of y'all tonight, but I know I'm, pre I'm preaching to myself. The wilderness test says what it's what the per, what, what it is about the wilderness test. And it's defined this way is God directly or indirectly guides us into a materially or spiritually dry, desolate place. Has anybody looked at CNN lately? See, I like to call it constant negative news. Does it seem like we're in a dry and desolate place when it comes to the economy? Although we're trying to turn it around, we're trying to work it out. But see, when you get in this wilderness test, you start, see, we begin to, when we, we know we have a purpose. We know we have a call, but then we start asking the question, God, was I actually called? Do I have a purpose? Because if I have a purpose, 
I don't want to keep doing these messed up things on purpose. But see, this is intended to increase our appreciation for the good things that God has already placed in our lives. See, I, I, that touched me because, see, when I read that, I had to, I've read that a couple of times and I had to look back and I, I said, I surely have to thank the Lord for the wonderful son that I have. That's the reason why I gave him that special thank you. Because he's already here. He's not coming. He's not gone. He's already here. But see, more importantly, as we're going through this wilderness test, it's stripping time. And I don't mean it like the world means it. I mean, God needs to take away the wisdom of the world. What we know we're to look for in our finances. What we're to know. What we know that they have told us. We know that we know that we know that what they're saying is always right. But see, we need to learn the ways of God's spirit. See, ultimately, we are learning that God's ways are far different than our ways. That's what the word says. Pastor said earlier, he said, you know, we were talking about giving an offering and saying, you know, giving an offering and being cheerful and giving an offering. Come on. Let's get real. Come on, let's bring it on back down to 904. There's a many a times that I've got ready to reach and put that tithe in that plate and that offering in that plate and the devil go, you know you got bills to pay. And I say, yeah, I know, but if I keep it like you're telling me to keep it, you're keeping me from something God has even greater than what you're telling me. Because see, a friend of mine once told me, he said, that the devil only stands in the way at the place where God's going to bless you the greatest. So let me tell you right now, if your finances are funny, trust and believe God has got a deliverance for you. If your emotions are all over the place right now, that's where your breakthrough is about to come from. See, it motivates us to speak the, speak the Lord and a consistent prayer life at the same time. Speak God and have a consistent prayer life. And get a greater grasp of the word. Now, don't get me wrong. There's going to be times when the word's not going to tell you what you want to hear. But we got to keep reading. it. We got to keep believing to see, we want to find out the genuine and most fruitful source of our strength, which is God. And it's also teaching us that word that many of us do not like. And I'll be the first one to raise my hand. Patience. Whoo. Patience. See, what that means for many of us. Is that we got to start serving more. Get outside of ourselves. That means we got to remain faithful to wherever, whatever body you're connected to. It also means improved consistency in all areas of our walk, whether it be ministry, whether it be finances, or whether it be. Our own personal experiences. Well, I'm going to take a moment out right here and I'm going to say.
To those in the house at TCC that are married, this message is not for you. But to my singles, can I hear my singles? Can I get a hey? I ain't forgot about y'all. Remember, we talked the last time. See, the word of the Lord is saying, and believe me, I'm preaching this to myself more than I'm preaching it to you. We will. All the singles, I want you to say with me, we will. I don't care whether you're young single, mid, mid-age single, or an older single. We will see our purpose fulfilled in the area of companionship. We will. But see, there's a caveat to that. Just as long as we continue to strive for holiness and not allow ourselves to seek our own purpose and allow God's purpose to dominate what we do. See, I came up with a little pledge for the singles. And I'm going to be the first one to... To, to, to pledge it. You know how they say, put your hand on the Bible, raise your right hand. As I put my face more in the book, and as the book becomes more a part of me, I can then find my space in God. Anybody want to pledge that with me? Let's do that one more time. Singles, stand up and make this pledge with me. Come on, singles. Now, any other time we're talking and ain't nobody talking to us, but you got somebody talking to you, now you don't want to participate. I done been in that sound room a many a times, been like, when they going to say something about us? Now I'm speaking for you and y'all don't want to talk. As I put my face more in the book, And as the book becomes more a part of me, I can then find my space in Christ. Sit down. See, there's always got to be a little comic relief all the time. But it's true. See, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being single. Well, if you're single, you probably say something wrong with it. Especially when you're in a church where half of them are all married, more than half. But what it comes down to is this. It's, it, it's all about God's purpose for our life. And right now, his purpose for our life is to get more into him. And to draw closer to him. So that one that is being prepared for us can see us as we're truly to be seen with God's purpose on us. It's, whew, it, it's crazy. But I'm about to conclude. But in my conclusion, what I want to say is that Saying yes to God's purpose is the main reason we were raised. See, we died because we had to get rid of that which was us. But see, the one thing 
that God wants each and every one of us to understand and know that there's nothing that God allows to die that he does not resurrect. If we don't die, we can't be raised. So what I want everyone to understand is that until we make the full decision to say yes to God's purpose in our life, we can never be raised to be what he wants us to be. As I come to a close, I want to read from, from the, uh, an excerpt from The Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren. He had in his, in his dedication for his book, and I'm not plagiarizing him because I definitely gave him credit for it, but... I changed it just a little and it says, before you were born, God planned this moment in your life. It is no accident that you are here right now. It is no accident that you heard this message. See, God longs for you to discover the life he created you to live here on earth and forever in eternity. The last scripture I want to read is from the Message Bible and it's Ephesians 1 and 11 and it says, It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ, he had his eye on us had designs on us for glorious living. You notice it didn't say mediocre living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. If you know that God has a purpose for you, and you have not yet, yet said yes to his purpose, I ask that you, you stand, don't be embarrassed. I, I don't ever want to put any weight on anyone. If you know that if you were to leave tonight in your sleep that heaven would not be your home, I ask that you stand. And if you're dealing with something, if I hit something, if I hit something and touch something in you, just the least little bit, and God is just tugging on you. Trust me, I've been there. Been there where I want to sit back and God is pushing me, but I won't go. I'm, you're not alone. But please, please come and let us pray for you. Let us share in the love for you that God has for you and show you that you're not alone in what, you, what you're going through. And that if we, we bring it to the altar and we pray about it, that God will take it from us. And if we allow him, that's only if we allow him, he'll, he'll do everything and work everything out the way it's supposed to be worked out. But you have to be able to say yes. Listen to this song in the background. I had him play that on purpose. Because it, it, a lot of us, it's hard for us to say yes. Because we become so conditioned to saying no. But the point is, we are here. God is here. Would you come? Would you just come?
She says her soul says yes. Lord, if I had to be the one to stand in the gap, I'll say yes. I'll say yes for those who are afraid to say yes. I'll say yes for those who think they're too cool to say yes to you, Lord. Because, Lord, I know I've been there. But, Lord, to be able to be your vessel, I have to give you total control and do your will and walk out your purpose that you raised me to be able to walk out. With that being said, I'd like to ask everyone to stand and I'm going to close in prayer unless pastor wants to come up first. Dear gracious heavenly father, as we stand humbly before you, I just ask that that which was placed in each and every one of these, your people's heart will flourish and will come to pass as you intended it. Lord, as we leave this place, but not your, your presence, just ask that you give us traveling mercies. And then at the appointed time, we will return and be back once again together in your fellowship. And I thank you in your son's name, in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Amen.